Welcome back to Dice and Salt. I'm Lady Toast. And I'm Lord Richter. And we're here this week with episode 88, Creepy Crawly Cliffs, which is a horrible tongue twister and appropriate for uh, Halloween, which should be here in about less than two weeks, I think. Uh, I believe so, yes. I think that's what the calendar tells me. (laughs) And for those of you younger listeners out there, a calendar is a piece of paper that has the days printed on it with numbers. And that's how we keep track of things when you're, you know, when you're older or if the power ever runs out on the battery of your cell phone. Just yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure the calendar's on the phone. But yes, if the power runs out and for some reason couldn't charge it for days on end. <laughs> so our right. episode opens up with a character check-in, which I don't know that there's a lot to talk about or any new information to really explore there. Um, no, not not really. I mean, I was, you know, like you said earlier, a little surprised that Arginus didn't talk more about his love for Razni or whatever. I that is supposed to be a big push in Arginus's, you know, character and in his life that he's fallen for Razni and he wants, you know, to melt her icy undead heart and put the spark of love back into her her life and um <laughs> Apparently, our I mean, genius isn't I mean, look, thinking about her at all. I mean, look, he's got her lungs. He can just give her breath of life. I, yes, that's right. He'll just <laughs> he'll just breathe life back into her. There you go. Uh, I, I, I'm going to be I honest. I feel bad for making that joke. All the salt that Tom tossed at us, all the salt he threw at us about dogging on his his goal, and then, you know, character check-in, and not uh, one to be found. word about a Razni. Nope, nothing there. And I listened to it twice, so if, if I miss some subtle thing, I need it explained to me, Tom, slowly, with a chalkboard, uh, stick figures, be sure to draw them carefully. I want to yeah. see lots of circles and lines, well, and, you know, to make it clear to me. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, he'll be here with us later tonight. You can, uh, you can go talk to him. We can throw that on yourself. him and just toss it right out there. Yeah. So if our genius yourself. is so hot for a Razni, why didn't he mention her at all in the character check-in i don't know but uh we'll find out later i guess <laughs> yes to stay tuned folks it's going to be deep deep journalistic power yes there. like we always you know do us. hard hitting right to the truth no sass <laughs> if i cut out all the sass in our podcast this thing would be like five minutes long there'd be uh, an it's intro true. it's there'd true. Be a couple of comments <laughs> yeah. we like this episode Go Inspired Incompetence! And that would Yay. be the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, they wouldn't get any of our sass like saying their character check-ins were... <laughs> yeah, this is... It, I, I, not I, needed? Uh, it was a weird one. It caught me off guard. I, I agree. I agree it did. I think it's more of uh, uh, like a you know pre-show we were talking. I think it's more of just trying to anchor in you know Matt's new character. I mean, that's what it felt like to me. Just really like, right. you know, he's here to stay. No more of this, you know, Crimson Herald and then, you know, crazy, you know, Grasshopper Monk. And then, you know, who am I coming up with next? Yeah. And, you know, know it's Matt, folks. So it could be 20 characters deep before he actually runs out of ideas for the week. (laughs) For the week. Oh, wow. Hey, he comes up with them all the time. I mean, that's true. That's true. Just to follow this character creation track i have looked at the one D stuff and they're separating the attribute boosts from the race 
That's one of the things they're looking at doing, which would substantially streamline their character creation because they want you to pick a race and then a cl- they, they have set an order out. Pick the race, pick the class. And anybody that's done any character creation, you do things like you and you, you know, you... You pick the race and then you got to go through what everything that race gets you. Right. And then if you're going to do like a variant or something, you have to go through and change it all up. Well, right. And then you add the class and then it's like, okay, well, the class changes all of these things. It adds all of these and and changes these things about the things that you just set up. It's like, okay, so all of the work I did was for nothing. Well. But if I don't do it that way. What? And and what I I won't understand what my character's trying to do. <laughs> well, and the the thing is with the uh, with fifth edition and the way that they've done it in um, or fifth edition and the way they're looking at doing it in one D and D, you pick your race, you pick your class. So it's race first, then class, then you roll your stats, which has an advantage in that you know you can put your stats where you want them for the character you are building. The problem I've found with that is that then I got to go back and go, wait, what were my racial bonuses again? Because, you know, I decide I want to play a halfling fighter, for example. And it's like, oh, uh-huh. crap, where's, what are my racial bonuses? What do I got to adjust? If they take those racial bonuses out of the race portion and put them into your background. So you pick oh, a race, see, you pick a class, you, you know, roll your stats and then you do background and the background adds that stuff. Then it kind of gives you that right tweak. So you kind of go in a very linear path instead of a go forward, loop back you know, go forward again. Nope. Loop back again. I don't like that. Go forward again. Loop. It kind of makes it a, you know, boom, 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 much more linear process, which of course would make it much faster and more streamlined. Yeah, I guess so. Normally what I would do is pick, you know, the racing class and then build my stats around it because generally I'm doing a point buy. But like, I guess if you're rolling for stats, I don't see why you would roll them first if you knew what you wanted to build. Well, in the old days. Unless you're rolling. I guess unless you're rolling and you're like, okay, well, these are my stats. What could I make with this? Yeah. In the old, old days, we always rolled the stats first before we started picking. Oh, yeah. We'd have we'd have stats and we weren't sure what we were going to do with them necessarily. And then. When I very first started, because the way that we'd just roll them in order. So you'd roll 4d6, and you drop the lowest die of those four to get your total. And then it was strength, intelligence, wisdom, dexterity, constitution, charisma was the order. That makes no sense. Uh, yeah. That order makes no sense. There's three physical stats, and there's three mental well, stats. Well, yeah, that's a, that's, a modern, <laughs> that's a modern construct, bud. Not even oh. second edition. I, well, no, I think second edition reorganized them and mm. grouped them into the into the current thing. That might they might actually have done that there. But yeah, the the original was strength and intelligent. Like I said, in that weird order. Yeah, that's, that's assuming I'm even remembering it correctly. But it was it was weird. And then you we just take them in order. Six exact stats for those six things. So you're like, oh God, please this one be good. You know, so you end up with some stuff, and you're like, well, I don't what the hell am I doing with this. Huh. And then we thought we were clever when we're like, okay, just roll a set of stats and we can move them around. We thought that was a big innovation. Huh. Interesting. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. Back well, to our exciting episode. Yeah. We get a, another flashback, which is, I guess, uh, with a new character, we need a with with Tia Blith, a new flashback. Word, yeah. We need to know how they got out of out of the. Uh, I think it was spirit a spirit visual flashback nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a nightmare. Um, I I I love how the. Uh, <laughs> Alex is describing Teoblith basically stuck in a room and there's a monster clearly outside that's ripping some poor woman up to pieces and you know someone suddenly knocks on the door hello hello I've defeated the monster can you let me in now and he's like no come on let me in uh no let me in 
<laughs> oh yeah, that was that was good. I think my favorite part of it, knowing that they, you know what he was going through and knowing this is like that Arginus vigil episode. Yeah, it it helps that we have like more context for the the monsters and stuff attacking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't have to explain that this time because we've literally listened to, you know, how and why they're there and what they're doing. So it, it's more of a streamlined yes. thing. Yes, very streamlined. But I like the appearance Which of is the nice. uh, vulture-like mask and the black skeleton with the enormous wings. and turns out to be our old buddies, Umble and Thoot. Yeah. And uh, it's always nice when we get character callbacks oh yeah and they seem to be doing something which i didn't expect them to be doing as psychopomps psychopomps yes although we get because they're get some we actually get some names for the monsters uh this time because teobliss like psychopomps quipoths i I forget the third one he drops but he's you know basically drops the monsters that are running amok in these flashbacks our genius's flashback then his flashback and yeah umble and thute are i guess collecting people that are still alive somehow that part was it seems like it was percent clear, but there was something they were collecting folks. It it seems like they yeah. were like it seems like they were finding people in the city that weren't actually dead, which might make the whole Obal situation a lot less important because like maybe it's just a side effect of the explosion that some people have a disposition to these things and some people can survive the explosion. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised. It still knocks you into the boneyard and you've still got to find a way back to the, you know, material plane. But like, I don't know, maybe it's a side effect of the crazy magic that Tarbefon's doing that it just can't kill everybody or some people are just likely to, statistically likely to survive it. Yeah, I've... Because, I mean, it looked like there was a whole basement yeah, that's of what people. It was a basement and he, there was the commentary. The description was that they weren't the same kind of wispy folks that weren't facing their, you know, what had happened to them and kept you know, sort of evaporating in smoke. They were different. They looked more right. substantial. They, you know, looked like they were alive. So it's, I have no idea. It's, a, it's an interesting development. I really liked it. I did. I enjoyed it too. And, uh, you know, the fact so. that they kind of fast forward, at least I'm imagining them fast forwarding Teoblith back to the material plane. Yeah. Back to the, you know, to the party, to catch to the party so that they, you know, everything keeps going along. Yeah. It's, it's kind of nice, like he doesn't have to spend days on the dead roads or right. anything like right. that, which is nice. Yeah, it was very nice. It's just kind of, it might be a little bit uh, insulting to Uhtred who <laughs> had to go through that. Well, remember, McTana <laughs> was trying to stop him. I mean, with McTana gone. That is also maybe true. Maybe there's no one to stop Umble and Thute from doing what they're doing. Whereas there was McTana before and they kind of had, couldn't, um, the you know. They had to work, work around, around her, her. Couldn't work directly against her or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't, they. I mean, all of that from before isn't makes super sense. clear, and then you get rid of McTana, right? And the party goes forward, but it's not often that you then say, "Okay, well, we remove this bad guy, and now that this bad guy's gone, what does that mean for others coming down our path?" Right? And right. You know, this is this is also not one of those things like, "Well, we remove the bad guys, so trade flows freely now into the town of you know uh, Dirt Bend or whatever." <laughs> I didn't want to say Sandpoint, you know, because yeah. that's a, a well-known location. You know, somebody would jump me on that. So I, you know. I mean, I guess so. I don't know why they would jump you for this. Because it's Sandpoint. It's a well-known location. It's in Rise of the Rune Lords. It's in Jade Regent. It's, uh, I mean, it's like Pathfinder's quintessential starting town. It's where they like to, to start things off or reference at least, I guess. But uh, after that, we get, uh, I think, the thing that most of us were kind of waiting for for this whole episode, which was the Uhtred and Teoblith watch. 
where he kind of explains yep. the death of Aridin, or at least what was happening around that time. And apparently there were prophecies about his death. Well, yeah, not well, about he, his death, but... Well, there were prophecies about Aridin's return. The, on the watch, though, there's two things. Like, first, Uhtred and, and Teoblith talk about how Teoblith got here, and did, we, did you use the dead roads? Did yeah. you not use the dead roads? That, which gives us some insight into how Teoblith catches up, essentially, to the party. And then... It's here's the big news, you know, with the big we had the big drop last episode. You know, this isn't the end of the world. I was there 300 years ago when, you know, a god years was ago. killed. I, I, this isn't. He's been alive. 300, no, 300. I but thought you said. I think Aridin died only like 100, 115 oh, okay. years ago. I, I think that's. Okay. Yeah. I'm, right. I didn't go actually looking online to get any of that stuff 100% because I didn't want to accidentally stumble uh. across something. I, see, I don't, I don't mind finding spoilers for things because by the time I end up watching whatever I just spoiled, I probably won't remember. <laughs> oh no, I'll, re- I'll remember it and be like, oh, they didn't do it the way it was. <laughs> what the heck? Why'd they do that? It's it doesn't make it's any fine. sense. Uh, but yeah, he calls it the mm-hmm. Starfall Doctrine, and he references prophecies made in they're supposed to come. We're supposed to come due in forty six oh six. Which is like I don't know if that number is right. I think the but, current time. It's supposed to be like forty-seven twenty something. Yeah. Oh right. I th- okay. I think. Oh, so it's been a hundred years since yeah, Aridin's death. I think death, current yeah. timeline or ish. Every AP moves along at the same pace as like you know as they're released. You know, so like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they'll release an AP and and it's supposed to take place within like the six months that it's released, and then the next AP takes place like the next six months. Right. Basically, so that real time passing corresponds to. Right. Yeah, the campaign. Yeah, uh, so I think time. the current year would be forty-seven twenty-two, but I'm not a hundred percent on that. But I think that's what it's doing. But yeah, so this would have been like hundred and fifteen well, years ago. Yeah, Wrote, made a note of the the king of Cheliax, who was Ga- yep. King Gaspadar, and apparently that's how Cheliax got thrown into you know the hands of the devils. Is he's ready to step aside for Aridin and Aridin never shows. And then when the day actually comes, all the priests of Aridin lose contact and lose their right. spells and their, you know, divine yeah. powers. And so all the little noble houses, like, well, if he was willing to give it up for him, why not for me? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I, yeah. Why not, you know, why not me step yeah, into that so, gap? Cause he obviously doesn't want yeah. it. So, and of course, you know, obviously he doesn't, you know, he shouldn't get to keep it because Aridin didn't come back. So that prophecy is not true. So, Maybe he's not the real king. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to convince everyone yep. he's not the real king. So I guess that kind of explains how they got, like you said, how they got taken over by devils. And well, it doesn't really explain it, but. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know how they got tied into it. I, I assume that the house, whatchamac- I can't even remember the, the name of the big Thru? house that's in charge. In Ch- Thrun? Thrun, house Thrun? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, they uh, they obviously cut a deal with, with the devil yeah. and uh, took control. So uh, I don't know. It was interesting. I, I just had a very interesting thought about the prophecies of Aridin's return. I wonder if, since we've never actually, they've never actually written down the prophecies, just said that it was prophesized that he was returned. I wonder if it's one of those things like, uh, you know, like aloha means hello and goodbye. Maybe. You know, it's context oriented. I wonder if the word that was used in the prophecy to indicate that he would return. Might also be death. Yeah, something. Or, you know, I'm not going to return. You know, I'll be back or I won't be, whatever. So then it's, what it's really prophesizing is that Aridin ends at this 
this time and then boom, that all goes correctly. So it's not actually the age of lost omens. It's more, you know, the age of misinterpreted omens. Maybe. I mean, that'd be a wild twist. Could be. I don't know. And every good prophecy should have multiple ways that you could interpret it possible ways you could interpret it right even if you can't readily think of them at once i'm trying to think of the uh bulletproof monk has that in it because in order to uh in order to be the guy that gets all the the scrolls that give you all the superhuman power you have to fight under a flock of cranes there's like a whole list of things that you got to do that the two characters in the movie end up doing but you're like when are they going to fight under a flock of cranes Mm. When are they going to do this? When are they going to do that? And it's like, you know, there's a bunch of cranes in this one uh, subway location they're in in New York. And there's a bunch of actual cranes that are, uh, you know, for moving trains. They're not the birds, right? right? And then, you know, you got to, I don't know, you got to fight in a, a princess in a palace or... I forget. I forget what the all of them were, but basically, there's a one, and you go, "Oh, yeah, I see how that would be." You know, that's literally what they did, and thus that fulfills the prophecy. And you know, these two characters, since they go through it together, they you know have fulfilled all the steps, even though it's like totally not at all what you were looking at in right. the first place. So um, anyway, I could be interesting yeah, that way. No, because I, I think I think he said the prophecies were in it as yeah, and he didn't know how to read it. Right. Didn't know how to read it. But as we know from Starfinder, the Aslanti take off into space. And uh, I think that's, or they take to the, they go to the stars, which I think is, uh, was already the Pathfinder lore before Starfinder came. Right. They're just taking. And Starfinder just. Pathfinder lore. Yeah. Added onto that. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of crazy there. Well. Not that I'm making any suggestions for, you know, our wonderful GM Alex, who who never listens to the show at all. (laughs) Ever. No, we know he does because he wanted to know what I bleeped last week. I don't even remember it's what fine. you bleeped, to be honest. <laughs> it's fine. Although, you you know what you should do, Toast? Tell me right now. Keep it in and bleep it again? Absolutely. You, you tell me... <laughs> You tell me right now what it was, remind me, and then bleep it again because it shouldn't see the light of day. That part I remember. They were talking about... You know, which episode they were going to submit, and you'd said they'd chosen one without Michelle in it. And I said, <laughs> That's right. That's right. And then they picked one with her in it, but she's at the very end. Yep. So it was, it was, it, well done, well done. Yep. yep. Bleep all this out. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to bleep my little section. <laughs> oh, God. That's great. Just that's for great. you. It's just for you, Alex. You asked for it. We gave it to you. That's right, fans. <laughs> we listen. I guess uh, after that, they kind of... Oh, there was... there. Uh, sorry, there was one other point on that that caught me. Teoblith says that Phrasma knows who killed Aridin. I think he says... She's the... She's my, she of, might be the only one who would know. Oh, yeah. The only... Yeah. He's, he, he says something, but it put, puts it squarely in Phrasma's Right. Court, I guess being the god of death. Would a god's soul go through her court? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I guess after that, they all wake up and they get on the move the next day and they end up at this giant waterfall or they end up oh, at yes. a trail the, to the, the giant cascade. waterfall yep they come upon the wailing cascade yeah and as they're as they're going there they get uh, almost ambushed by these two giant razor mouth spiders yeah solifugids solifugids yep that's a mouthful yeah it is i i don't know who comes up with these names uh, i don't know i have no idea but somebody needs to slap them that's what i think yeah, i don't know <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, they have a, a fairly quick combat, and Elksy kind of gets her ass handed to her. Oh yeah, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty. I think she was pretty close to death there at the end. <laughs> I forget the exact number Alex said she was at, but I I know she took almost a hundred total at one point. Yeah, that was that was a rough. You one. could bet a rough one. Yeah, I mean, it would be really bad if the uh, you know the party leader died. Yeah. Where would the party be without the party leader? I mean, she's the only one keeping them on track when they do survival checks. Oh, yeah. She literally oh, yeah. is keeping them from getting lost. I know. That is, that is so bad. So bad. <laughs> I know. But that's why I call her the party leader. She she does all the things that need to get done. Where everyone else is rolling like, oh, I got a 7. Oh, I got a, I got a 13. Elsie's like, yeah, I, I got a 36. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just, I, I love. I love Elksy to death. Oh, Elksy's the best. <laughs> Remember, folks, Elksy for everyone. One dollar a month gets you into the Elksy club. That's all you got to do. Send a <laughs> message to Matt. He'll make it happen. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so I took a second and looked up the Solo uh, Fugits. And uh, mm-hmm. I think the way they have it on uh, Archives, which is the official Pathfinder source i think the right. razor mouth solo fugids are listed as razor a, a razor mouth one word and the solo fugids are listed as they have a solo fugid giant and then some other kind of solo fugid i forget what it is but it's the giant one has like 10 legs so it's like a extra arachnid or something i don't know but it's a little I weird think at that point it's just an insect yeah yeah it's not just an insect it's extra insect it's insectisect <laughs> i mean not everyone can have a name that you know King Shark, Shark of Sharks, you know. It's very good. They should pay you to name things. Well, I, not me. Not me. The The great white shark is Carcarius Carcaridon, which is, you know, super sharky, super sharky. I mean, it's sharky, sharky. It's, you know, it's saying <laughs> shark in Latin, you know, twice, essentially. Oh, <laughs> okay then. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty crazy. So, you know, it's the, and you, you can't just literally interpret it then as to what they mean, because then you get what sharky sharky. I mean, that, that's what the hell is that? So, you know, obviously they're meaning, you know, Uber shark or shark of sharks, or <laughs> El Sharko, the fiend. I guess after that, you know, they defeat the solo fugids, uh, heal themselves and then finally make it up to this really, really cold, misty cliff. Oh. And they have to start making, you know, like like uh, fortitude saves for the cold, which is kind of neat. Very much, very much. I I've and, had uh, to do those in some games, and they're kind they're kind of fun. It can the be the other. Th- it's well, real it's, tedious uh, when you when you play book three of Jade Regent, and it's like great. The entirety of the book takes place in extreme weather, <laughs> uh, and yes. you need to make these rolls yes. every hour. And I'm like, and they do it to you in um, Rain of Winter. Rain of Winter. Likely. You get it in uh, Rise of the Rune Lords. A couple times in Rise of the Rune Lords. But the part about it that I like the most is you totally kick its ass with Endure Elements. Oh, yeah. Low level, first level spell, lasts 24 hours, gets you out of the problem, fixes it, and almost everyone doesn't do anything with it. I mean, my party did. When they when they got up there, they had, you know, wands of it. And they're just boop, boop, boop every day. And so, like, I'm like, cool, I don't have to make you roll for this. Yay, you took that off my plate. <laughs> Uh, I guess uh, it kind of brings us to the end of the episode. They kind yeah, of it's, bypass yep, the yep. cliff because they just yes. dimension door twice hey, all the way up. There is nothing wrong with overcoming an obstacle with a little bit of magic. Nothing at all. Nope. So they get to the top of the cliff, and that's kind of where they leave us on a uh, cliffhanger. On a cliffhanger. Oh, God, that, was, that was so great. 
That was so great. That was, I think I, this has to go down as one of my favorite cliffhangers because it was like, okay, you've ended the episode and it's like, wow, this doesn't feel like a cliffhanger, but we're on a cliff. Oh man. Yeah. That no, was, was good, pretty Tom. good. That was good. Well, you can ask him about it. He's here. <laughs> so I guess let's, uh, why don't we go talk to yeah, Tom? Let's see what he has to say. Hello, Tom. Hi, Tom. Hello. Hello. How are you? We've asked Uh, you to be here today. Are you glad to be here? I'm pretty uh, (laughs) pretty stoked to be here, actually. (laughs) Is this what this is going to be? A bunch of of puns about axes? Axes and hatchets and chopping, yes. Oh, my. Yeah. It's going to be excellent. (sighs) It's a lumberjack's paradise. (laughs) Well, we were trying to... uh... I wanted to slow down a little bit on the interviews because I was having to edit them and we were doing like back-to-back episodes <laughs> and I was getting a little tired of being up till 6 a.m. editing and so uh, we took a break. But now we're back and we have Tom. Yeah, I'm totally worth it. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate, no, like in all seriousness, I, I do appreciate uh, you guys uh, bringing me onto the show. I've been uh, super stoked to be here. Yay. I'm glad. Well, I hope you're prepared I'm... for hard-hitting, truth-finding journalism that's going to get right to your soul. We're yeah, going to uh, ask I... you those questions, and you're going to have to chop those answers so we can get there. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's uh... going to be all Paul Bunyan on your ass, really. <laughs> this is going to be a good episode. <laughs> uh, do we? I guess, do we want to explain the axe things? Or we just want to let people figure <laughs> I, it out. I think we just let people figure it out. You know what you could do yeah, for, uh, for uh, Alex, just because we're kind of in a bleep mood. You could go, oh, so God. here's what we're doing with the puns tonight, and then you could bleep it out. I don't know. Or or just throw a bleep in somewhere. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like you just did it. Oh, and perfect. bleep you. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess we can we can kind of get started. We don't have like a big thing that happened to our genus to to bring you on. We just wanted to bring you on because you know like with with Matt Cricks had died and you know Michelle was heavily featured in the episode she was on. But um, yeah, we just kind of wanted to get you on here. So well, now I'm on. You're here, and we have some questions for you, Tom. Oh God! Now I'm just going to throw this out here. We took some (laughs) serious salt from Tom about his love for Erasne. How? Our uh, genus yeah, is yeah. hot and heavy for Razni. He thinks about her all the time. So question number one, with our genus so hot and bothered about Razni, how come his character check-in did not mention her? Not even once. You know, it's it's funny that you mentioned that. So Oh, I think it's funny too. Originally, actually. You know, originally, <laughs> originally when that uh, when that joke came up, so I, I believe I was talking to Elsie like buddy buddy right uh we're, uh-huh. we're walking down the path and i just go yeah she she liked me or, or something along those lines right i believe it was not she likes me it was something like she wants me or it yeah. was it wasn't just you know <laughs> yes. she she took a shine to me and we're, we're we're maybe like friends now or or besties it was no she wants me yeah she, she wants me it was, it was such an offhanded comment and like honestly the the episode could have not had it and I wouldn't have noticed it. But then you two, you two ended up noticing it and not just noticing it, but you were like, 
yo, this bothered me a little bit because it kind of like took me out of the uh, it it kind of took me out of the experience. I was like, that was (laughs) it was such a small joke, but I didn't realize that it had that much of an effect on people. So then me being the stubborn person that I am, like, of course, that's going to keep on popping up now because (laughs) that's like. I want people to be bothered by it now. Well, I remember... You brought it up. I remember in chat, you mentioning (laughs) things like, oh, well, how come you didn't talk about it? How come you didn't mention this? How come you didn't... You know, you were doing that, and then, like, I'm I'm all in love with Erasne, and we're going to do this big... And it was like, wow. So then we take the time to actually talk about it and go, I guess it wasn't a joke. I mean, we noticed it. We're kind of like, you know, where was that from? I mean, you know, we're trying to guess what our genus is doing here. And then, you know, you escalated it and really threw down the salt. I mean, flat threw salt at us. So, I mean, what I'm saying is, is is this real or are you just playing with your character here, like pretending things left and right, like not even seriously role-playing our genus? Well, so I don't (laughs) remember that conversation in in Okay, I'll go look for it in Discord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can can pull up exactly what I said... Uh, because here's the thing, we, we also record, uh, maybe I, I think weeks it, in advance. Yeah, we, weeks in advance. So I, I don't think I would, I, I don't think we, I would we randomly. We were talking about an episode. Yeah. I don't think I would randomly pull it, uh, pull it up. I, I think you guys were talking about it on, on an episode, like Lady of Toast, like <laughs> was actually hucking salt <laughs> at it. And I think, uh, uh, uh. I think I might have brought it up a couple weeks later when I, like, because I let these things kind of run for a couple weeks, and then I listened uh-huh. to a few of them, and then uh, I think I brought it up, like, a couple weeks later, uh, <laughs> and it might have seemed random, but, like, I promise, I promise I did not start this. Mm. Look, I what I find is the things that you plan for, like, games, and you're like, this is going to be the big thing, this is going to be... <laughs> the overarching funny bit never pan out and it's always the offhanded random comments that get picked up and blown way out of proportion that are always like the funniest things because now i need this <laughs> i need, I need it and you- <laughs> i need you to do a scene a romantic scene maybe over a little communicator with the rasni because she can't just come get you and I don't know if she can just turn it off. She might be able to, but I doubt it. You, you know, like... And so, like, <laughs> I need this because you're going to have to do it with Alex. Yeah, yeah, and then he's going to have to do it with his wife. And that's the part that I'm excited about. <laughs> you're telling me, like, those were all things that came secondary to, like, I, I wasn't even thinking that far ahead. And that's what that's that's the best part though because you're just doing you yep. and I love you for it. That that's generally how it works for <laughs> me is uh it, all my funny takes are are complete accidents and just blunders that I happen to have. If I try to be funny, I am not funny. If I accidentally say something <laughs> like <laughs> it's the funniest thing in the world like the entire so uh, i think once again my one of my favorite lines that i've ever said was uh oh i'm the michael phelps of swimming <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. oh my God. He, he is 
He is the swimmer, though. Everybody's kind of like, what the... Yes, I, I remember the so, response to that was, Michael, Michael Phelps, Phelps is the Michael Phelps of swimming. What are you talking about? That was... Okay, so I, I can't find one where you're throwing salt at us, although I know you did. But I I did find this one. Lord Richter and Lady Toast. I I, I will have a Tom so, and so GM Alex you, romance session between Arginus and Erasny, even if it uh, kills him. You brought it to the light in dice and salt. Now it must happen. <laughs> yep. No, no. I I I I said I can't yep. find it. I know he that's, threw salt at us because there was one where he says, "Hey, wow, we I were, talked about this," and you said we nothing, reading. and we were like, "What the hell?" I don't I don't recall. I I I genuinely don't recall that because once again. These things happen a a couple of weeks in advance, so I I wouldn't tell you before that point. Um, Right, right. No, I know. I I totally get it. uh, Which means I I, I understand you were sitting there waiting to drop that bomb on us. that's, (laughs) That's also entirely possible. But I don't like... When I first made that commentary, once again, I don't I don't think it was nearly as big as in my head as it turned out to be. And that's mm-hmm. kind of and that's kind of why I like uh so Dyson Salt, you guys are uh well, you're not sitting directly at the table with us. You guys are uh pointing out things that we don't see in the moment. So another big one uh, and I think th- this might pop up a little bit later was Arasny's lungs. <laughs> I personally did not make the connection between Arasny and Erasny's lung and my like you know ongoing love interest with Erasny. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Are you telling me? I, I no. I can I can see this one because like they've got a whole panoply of Erasny and everything is called Erasny's shirt, Erasny's rapier. No, no. And, actually, it's and, not so called Erasny's shirt or Erasny's rapier. Well, I know, but it's it's the panoply of Erasny and right, they right, have right, their right. own individual names and stuff. I got a list of this stuff, but it's. There's only one that's called Erasny's, and that's the rapier. It's called Erasny's Sting. Darting right. Wings is the mm-hmm. Ring of Evasion. Soul Minder is the Parapet of Health. The armor is called Graveyard Shirt. And uh, the Cloak of Displacement is Crimson Mantle. Right, right. Fair. And um, I just... I, I, I can still see. I mean, I don't know. I hear something like someone says, hey, Tom's Pants. Okay, Tom's Pants. Got it. And then someone goes, hey, hi, Tom. I'm like... Is that the Tom of Tom's pants? I mean, that's the first thing I think, you know. So getting introduced to Erasny, hey Erasny, she's into me. She digs me, rar. And then you know, walking along, the still beating lungs of Erasny. I'm like, my Erasny's lungs, still beating. You say, hmm. I mean, <laughs> you haven't heard it yet, Tom. But I made the joke that you could give her the breath of life. That's on this week's episode. <laughs> that's coming. I love that's it. That's coming. Oh my god, that's fantastic. No, so like I follow that what you're saying. I'm just I'm surprised with your character check-in and the fact that several weeks ago cuz I think you guys are down on the backlog, right? I mean, you don't have a backlog right now or you only have an episode at most, right? We um it, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Um I think <laughs> it's to, uh we have a few in the backlog but because uh there's a couple things happening this month you know like halloween and uh, other things 
it might get shaved down to maybe two okay. into the backlog. Well, so I, currently speaking, yeah, okay. I think we have like three or four. Okay. I wasn't... I. Oh, wow. I didn't realize Halloween was on a Monday. I was. What I was getting huh. at is I, my understanding was is that I was pretty certain that at the time that you were recording the episode, you already knew the Erasny thing had blown up in the Discord and... Uh, you know, obviously our episodes about talking about it had already aired. So I was, well, I mean, am I? He did say that he saves these up for a couple weeks. So, okay. I mean, maybe, maybe not, not then, I guess. It. Yeah. Yeah. Once, once again, I, I think it was two episodes. I think you might've actually been in three episodes. Uh, the, the time that I listened to the Erasny one mm-hmm. when you guys were, uh, when you guys brought up, you know, the, the offhanded comment, uh, between <laughs> me and Elksy of like, yeah, she's hitting on me. Like, <laughs> but no, yeah, no. And I could easily be wrong. I just don't remember having that conversation. It's fine. I don't remember most of my conversations. <laughs> okay. I have a I have a terrible memory, so it's fine. Well, I think it's time to axe our guests the next question. <laughs> so now that you're there, now that you know you've you've got to be hot for Erasny and you gotta make this love scene happen, even if it kills GM Alex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, yep, what yep. is your plan? GM Al- Axel for Erasny and her still beating lungs. I mean, how is our genus gonna pull this off? Yo, all right, so you want to know what's funny is it's because of your episodes. Once again, I didn't make this connection to, like, really honestly did not make the connection of Arasni's lungs to Arasni. And so now that I have that connection, <laughs> I don't know how to, like, I feel like our genus out of all the people there might randomly bring this up. But, like, <laughs> guys, we're we're traveling for Arasni right now and i think she would want to know that we have her lungs currently <laughs> like what's it gonna look like when we show up there and she sees a blinding light of magic emanating off of a person and she's gonna question each of us be like why didn't you tell me about this sooner that's exactly what i said it's like if you know you have them and you didn't tell her right away, she's going to be pissed. Yeah, once again, you guys you guys are sitting at the table. Like, well, you guys don't think you're sitting at the table? You're sitting at the table because I don't think this was brought up before. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, uh, my, my thing was, you know, if you knew about it, when did you know about it? And why didn't you tell me? Because you have a way to communicate. My other thing was, I'm pretty sure she's just spying on you anyway. Like, I'm pretty sure she's keeping tabs on all of you, probably through either, you know, the specific item that lets her talk to you guys, or maybe through the other ones, I don't know. But I'm pretty sure she's spying on you anyway. Mm-hmm. That's just my own theory. Well, I think in I, game I, terms, I think in game terms it would be pretty easy, considering they have her, uh, what is it? Oh my God! Panoply. Panoply. Sorry. Uh, so in game terms, I think it would be very easy to find them with all those items that she knows so personally. You know, to right. go looking for. If you were using, you know, scrying or divination and stuff like that, and uh, you know, she could target, say, Elksy, or I don't know who else doesn't have, might not have the best will save, and so they might not even notice, kind of a thing. Yeah. I guess 
now that you know, Tom, now that it's out there, now that the connection's yep. been made for you. Yep, yep, yep. Has this sparked any exciting mm-hmm. plans? I believe in an episode when we oh. talked about the lungs, we talked about what does this do for Rasny? What does this mean in terms of her lungs are still beating? And, you know, what, because remember her body was taken from a tomb and she was dead, you know, air quote that dead, but she was dead. In the flashback, I think what the flashback that started this book, I think. I believe so. And now we've got still beating lungs and there's obviously fresh blood coming from it all the time. And both Toast and I were talking about, well, does that mean we could maybe get away with a resurrection or, you know, what can we do here or what could be possible now that wasn't possible before maybe. And our genuses, I mean, you've had time. So our genuses had time to contemplate this. What you going to do, buddy? I want to know the plan. How are you going to woo her? I I only want like the vaguest (laughs) bits of this plan because (laughs) I think like you said earlier, um, off the cuff Tom is best Tom. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so (laughs) I don't actually know. Like here's where my thought process has gone to, right? Um, Because this is a couple days later and I have to like... I think I have to kind of almost give our genus my mind on this one, whereas why would I just randomly remember mm-hmm. this? But, you know, it could go multiple ways where our genus does, does something to, uh, on his own, um, by his own, like, free will. You know, he messages Arasni on his own or something like that, like, takes the object while people are sleeping or, you know, like I hold a conversation with somebody or any number of things right now. I genuinely don't know. And when I say like, when I say that these characters have a mind of their own, they have a mind of their own. I don't know what I'm going to say or do before it happens. Like, unless if it's something that I've like been thinking about for months, this is maybe a couple of days because Actually, Lady of Toast, when I messaged, uh, when you messaged me about, uh, about me coming on, I listened to that (laughs) episode, like, maybe hours beforehand. So, like, (laughs) this, this is only going through my head for, like, the past couple of days right now. So, anybody who's making any sort of conclusions right now is, like, way (laughs) ahead of me. I I think that is pretty consistent with how you've played you know maybe less so life here but definitely scram scram always felt a very impulsive and in the moment character very scatterbrained too for a mage right so yeah. you i i figured you you might tom might have like an overarching plan or, or at least a vague idea but when you sit down at the table and you start playing as scram and and now definitely as our genus as eccentric as you've made him <laughs> uh Maybe those plans kind of go out the window, which, you know, that's not so bad. <laughs> right. So, I mean, if our genus were to take, like, any level of control over the group, at, like, think about how crazy and hectic it, it might be. Even though our genus is, <laughs> he doesn't seem mentally stable, but he actually is. There, There's just a lot of backstory so, that, that goes so what to you're trying to say there there actually is a method to is this. that you're trying to do gandalf meets captain jack sparrow in a character uh <laughs> uh 
yes, I guess, to a degree. You know who originally came to my mind uh, when I made this character? It, not the Joker. Actually, it was Boomy from Avatar yes. The Last Airbender. Okay. So King, King Boomy from Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, I see that so well. And, and <laughs> yup. Uh, so originally that was my mental take on it. And then like, I started doing the voice and it slowly turned more into, uh, almost a threatening looming voice. So I kind of just turned it into more of a Jokerish. I was uh, actually, voice. the Joker was the first one I went to cause it, with the laugh, but you could have gone a better reference probably would have been the trickster cause you're not quite so, uh, psychotic, but. <laughs> Actually, I'm familiar with that one. Uh, the Flash. So he was a oh. he was a, a Flash bad guy, and uh, in the '90s uh, series, Mark Hamill played him. So if you happen to watch that, you got a, a pretty good look at oh, who the Joker was going to be. And then me. in the more recent uh, Arrowverse, in the show The Arrow, which has Green Arrow, he reprises his role as the Trickster, and you know comes back. Although it's supposed to be a different universe. Mm-hmm. That that kind of reminds me. Weren't we supposed to get Tom to say things like "as the Joker"? <laughs> Isn't that something you? I don't, I don't do? know, but we can do that. I mean, why not? Right? I I just want to hear our genus, oh, you know, Tom do some has stuff. The voice for it. <laughs> like uh, like here here's well, what I want. I want our genus to sing. I'm the very model of a modern major general. Oh God. Uh, uh, <laughs> why? What is it? I'm, I'm modern... the very model of a modern major general. <laughs> It's from it's from Gilbert and Sullivan. I'm the model of a very um, major. I'm the here. I'm typing general. it for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Type it out. Uh, <laughs> Do you not actually know this this song, Tom? I thought it was a fairly well known. I I might, song. but this is this the is this the? I think if you heard the tune, you might yeah, recognize it. Is this the it. chorus or is this the? Uh... It's the opening line. I am the very model of a modern major general. Oh, oh, I do. I do recognize that. Yeah. What is that from? Yeah. Pirates of Panzant. It's a play by Gilbert and Sullivan. Well, I believe it would be a musical by Gilbert and Sullivan. (laughs) We just, we were talking the other day and we thought it would be funny to, because we we were kind of comparing our genus to the Joker as well. And and we thought it would be funny because you do a very... Our genus is very um, odd and very, he can be kind of creepy, yep, yep, yep. but in that like funny way where it's like, oh, that's funny. I Are, are you being serious or are you <laughs> yeah, going to murder me yeah. <laughs> kind of way? Uh, uh, hold on. Let me, <laughs> let me find no, that point. We just thought so, it was uh, funny. I the mother. Oh, wait, hold up. That's the that's the Batman. See, now, now you can't, can't do the voice like, on command. Now I'm doing it like. Uh, now I'm in my own head. No, it's fine. Uh, it's yes, fine. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, I the model of a very uh, no. Uh, I the very model of a modern major general. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. I'm so sorry we subjected you to this. Yes, yes. I'm not. I'm not at I, all. Uh, I mean, I think that's right up our genius's alley, to be uh, honest. I know. I understand that uh, you uh, think that this is quite funny, but actually, if I wasn't laughing, I'd be crying. <laughs> all right. So that, I think, leads into the, the next question, which is, was our genius as eccentric before yes. his trip to the Boneyard as he is now? <laughs> yes. 
yes. Um, he was eccentric before his trip to the Boneyard. Okay, so the Boneyard has had zero impact on his personality whatsoever then. Um, I, I wouldn't I, say... I don't know if I would say yeah, that. I, I mean, it's not my character. Even I wouldn't say that. I mean, the Boneyard was like a really... Like, that's some tough shit to go yeah, through. No, no. And I don't think any of well, you I, came I out. Know that it's, I know that it's tough it. shit to go through. I'm just... Our genus strikes me, at least the way Tom has played him, as the one character in this that gets thrown into this mess that is like, huh, so that's how this is going. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying <laughs> he didn't find it terrifying or, or scary or other stuff, but I mean, on a on a different level, he's like, just, wow, what an experience. I did not think it would go that way. I mean, that's what I kind of hear his uh, internal dialogue as. Just this. I'm glad that you're getting that because that's kind of almost what I'm going for. But like simultaneously, I want people to understand that our genus is still human, and the sh like the shit that he's been through is very like mental breaking. Even like in the boneyard itself, that kind of like uh, sombered him. Uh, more than it did turn him more insane. Oh, it brought him back to reality is what you're telling me? Interesting. To a degree, like, he, he's questioning more things. Um, mm. Like, he, he's questioning the very fabric of reality. And there, there, there is a reason behind that that hasn't been explored yet. But Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's why I asked, and that's why my impression was that maybe the boneyard hadn't had any real impact on him at all. But it sounds like it's you're you're saying that what it's done is it's sort of he was even more eccentric before the boneyard experience, which is it's interesting to imagine that imagine him more unrestrained, considering he barely seems like he's restrained at all. Right, right. The boneyard probably put him more into a survival mode. So, you know, versus where he was before, it, it was a little bit more unhinged. But the Boneyard, because he was seeing whatever these things were going after him, he kind of had to sober up, right? Right. I mean, that makes sense. Which now makes me wonder, where the heck was he before the Boneyard that he was able to be completely unsober, if you will? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is our genus pulling his shit together and saving the world. And that I, I just can't even imagine, you know, what yeah, what our genus looked like yeah. when he wasn't pulling up his carry pants and getting on with this thing. Mm, I, I could imagine him as like the wandering fortune teller, but it was also like probably fairly drunk all the time and drinking a lot and, and just like. It wasn't all that long ago. It's really hard to kind of like give the timeline, but like our genus wasn't he he was sober became before he became unsobered and then kind of like gained some level of sobriety during his time in the boneyard. It, it's hard to kind of like say that without ruining Ooh, anything. More reveals. We're here for dice and salt exclusive spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> But only things that you want to share, Tom. I mean, if you have a better plan to do it in podcast, do it there. Oh, yeah. But if you have something oh, that you could oh, spoil I... that would be cool, then spoil away. <sighs> Let's. Uh, is there a a, a spoilery thing? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just uh, all right. I'll uh, I'll I'll start. Uh, there we were, and then suddenly came out of nowhere, and then. 
decided to drop out of the sky, and then all of a sudden, but Jesus. <sighs> wow, that was a lot off my chest. Is that? Oh, that's great. That's amazing. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. <laughs> and here's Tom dropping us some sweet oh, dice so salt exclusive spoilers about next week's episode. Oh man, Alex is going to lose his mind. Ah. <laughs> uh. I think the only time I've ever seen you guys do or say or like say something that you probably shouldn't was the the recap Erasny. Book for book Erasny. Yeah, yeah, Did we yeah. say Erasny? Let's say Erasny again. Yeah, where you guys were giving yeah. that away a couple times. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'll, I'll fully take blame uh, blame point on that. I know I'm not the only person who did it, uh, uh, but. The, the funny thing about that, Tom, was when I was listening it to it, or twice. I already had it figured that it was Erasne. So I was, I just sort of was expecting that was going to be the big reveal because of the, the flashback in book one and the flashback to start book two. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's totally, totally going to be. And it was like, you know, you guys are doing it. And I was like, I, it just didn't really register. And then it was like on the third one, I'm like, wait a second. I don't think they're supposed to be saying that because I don't think they've actually spelled it out <laughs> and said that yet. Yeah. I missed it entirely when you guys were doing yeah. the, re the recap, the live version. Like, I didn't catch it, and I had to have it explained so, to me later. Yeah, well, <laughs> there, there's also the fact that, like, if you say something confidently enough and you don't try to backtrack on it, like, it, it could go completely dismissed, like it was unimportant. A, I think people, uh, you know, mainly myself, uh, brought it up one or two uh, too many times but you know also directly saying tom you're not supposed to do that well it, it's is true also that, that is true but i mean how else do we stop tom to and there. nick from like erasny erasny you know uh <laughs> matt turning around in his chair and like you know tapping me on my shoulder <laughs> yeah but it was <laughs> more fun for alex to implode <laughs> It was funny. I uh, I noticed that. In the, in, <laughs> yeah, I, probably. I do remember in the live part when we were doing the live listen, <laughs> that I was like, I don't think they're supposed to be saying that. And I was sort of half going to say something. And then I went, no, if I call it out, it's people are going to catch it. So I'm just going to sit back and not do anything. And then Alex was all, well, if some people would shut their mouths about the spoilers. And I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> it was good times. So what is ahead for yeah, our champs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what is he going to yeah. do oh, now? Or what can yeah. we expect him to be thinking about moving forward? I mean, he, you're playing him and immediate actions, yeah, it um, could be crazy, but he must uh, have uh, some sort of thought about what he's going to do maybe after this or as this gets more difficult or something. I mean, there's got to be something where he's looking to the future a little bit, right? I mean, he's got the cards that he plays with and, and by plays with, I mean, you know, he reads the cards, he does that stuff. I mean, he's got a lot of stuff giving him information. So he has to be looking forward a little bit. What's what if our genus was trying to anticipate what's coming up? What is he seeing, Tom? Um, I mean, it's a little bit complicated because uh, our genus is one uh, with fates and uh, a person who is true neutral in the way things go but his his personality is actually uh chaotic good so i don't think that answers really what you were asking me though uh it's hard for me to say that there's a uh that there's a path that he plans on following afterwards i think right now he's just trying to settle a a, a score that 
kind of disrupted his path. So it, it it's hard for me to say without, you know, delving into his backstory a little bit further, but he definitely is working towards something. Okay. But that something might happen during our, our quest. Okay. I, I guess my question for you would be like, if his whole thing is giving out bonuses and stuff for the Harrow readings, I was kind of curious why he doesn't do that almost like every morning. <laughs> Yeah. I know that would be kind of difficult to do on yeah, the show. Yeah, that's that's. But you guys could, yeah, uh, I could condense it down, I guess, or just not do the actual reading and just. Yeah, I think draw the cards and and give out the bonuses. I think every person on the podcast is probably saying the same thing to me right now. Not <laughs> one of them would probably disagree with that statement. <laughs> I enjoy characters uh that have a complicated twist or fold to them or or have some fun outside thing that's happening like our genus with his with his harrow cards the things that i don't take into account is (laughs) what happens while that's happening so like you know the the technical stuff so mm-hmm. i think part of it is that i had our genus start out as what a level 10 character um if i built into him i feel like i would be a lot more comfortable with everything that he's doing but because i didn't build into him and I kind of just started with him at such a crazy high level. I think I'm still kind of working what's actually happening with with him. Okay. So, uh, yes, you're 1,000% correct. That that probably should be happening. And, <laughs> like, I, I blame nobody for, uh, for itching their head on that one. It's just more along the lines of... I'm sorry, like, I may have bitten off a little bit more than what I thought I was able to handle. I mean, that's perfectly fine. I run a whole play-by-post game, and there are times when I feel completely overwhelmed by it. Right, right, right. (laughs) And let's face it, this is coming from the same person who forgets to put on mage armor before (laughs) battle. (laughs) You did that in the charity game, too. No, no, no. All right, all right, all right. It's true. We did a... We did it's a true. whole charity game last weekend. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> right at the end yeah. of the fight. <laughs> so, all right. Oh. On that, though, uh, on that, Uh-oh. you're you're 100% correct. But here's the part that you're not correct on, is that the mage armor actually had nothing to do with my AC. It actually had to do with the armor or the arcane ward that I had, which mm. I can just spam mage armor in order to fill up this ward that gives me temporary HP. I had armor on already, so the mage armor really wouldn't have done anything extra. So so you made mage armor useless. Oh, okay. Well, and you and, still forgot to use it. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was still mechanically relevant. Uh, I, but I will say yeah, this about yeah, Tom in yeah, the charity yeah. event. He was fantastic. It was a lot of fun to play with him. Oh, absolutely. Yo, that was, and that was man, did time. he have some nasty words for Matt. What? what? Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Matt, at, in the middle of our last battle, or at, actually at the ending of our last battle, he donated, all right, like, you know, fine, good people, great, fantastic, at the expense of <laughs> our characters dealing with a disadvantage. Gonna be salty about that, but also, uh, yes, go to charity. Good. (laughs) 
thanks for donating, but you know, it's well. He, I, I, I remember the words. I'm bad. You can't do that. It's like you, you got to check with us before you donate. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. And uh, I got here's the here's the funny part about it too. Is like it's funny because it's kind of like me paying for a disadvantage on myself like, like that's what that was oh, did he use the patreon yeah, money for that? The patreon money <laughs> that. so i paid for that too uh, yeah all right so here i'm gonna hit you with this dice and salt exclusive it wasn't matt that donated that it was me what wait what <laughs> The, the disadvantage? I always, yes, I always <laughs> donate as inspired incompetence. So you chewed Matt a new one, and it was me that dropped that on your bot. <laughs> I think, I, I swear, I thought I asked well, I texted, him I, I, after not texted, the fact. I, I messaged Matt right away and said, hey, I may have done this, and uh, Tom thinks it's you. And he just sent back, ha, 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 ha. Oh my god. So he so I went over to I went over to their house on uh I went over to their house the 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 Monday afterwards and I brought this up to Matt and I think he took credit for That's it. That's awesome. That's <laughs> like, awesome. What? As well he should. I was giving all that credit to inspired incompetence right there. And you all deserve it. That's all I got to say. Oh my god. That that sounds like the most incompetent <laughs> thing to do. It, it's it, no, that's true. Inspired, it's inspiring to to give a donation. It's incompetent to give a donation against yourself. Well, it wasn't just me. I mean, I got you. I got you know, Cam. I got David. I got oh crap, who else was in there? I'm blanking now on the last the last body. That was Star's game, right? Uh, Nicola. Nicola. That's right. Nicola. Yep. See, everybody got it. Everybody got hit with that disadvantage. Don't forget Constantine. We got to put him in there, too. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. I forgot Constantine. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, is there anything else you want to ask, Toast? Otherwise, I think we're, I mean, I think this is a good good spot to wrap up. I actually have a question myself. Oh, sure. Uh, So, which one of you guys is dice and which one of you guys is salt? (laughs) I told you we'd get asked about this eventually. (laughs) How the heck can you ask that question, Tom? (laughs) They're Lord uh, Richter's power dice. <laughs> How can you ask which one of us is dice? Why, uh, Lady of Toast? I mean, like, toast salt? Like, I, like, <laughs> do you put salt on toast? I, I, I don't. Salted butter. I don't, but, like, he took dice because he gives out power dice, so that left me with salt, and that's fine. I, and I believe oh, the okay. name suggestion of dice and salt was actually toast. I think so. So, you know, I, I'm the dice guy. And uh, I, that's, I believe that's how it came out is she just said, Hey, it's, we should do dice and salt. And uh, that's what we should call it. Dice and salt. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and in my head, instantly, right. I'm like, I don't know why you're taking salt. I would have thought like toast. I mean, your name's toast, but okay, whatever. I'm good. Although she did make the awesome, uh, that, you know, that awesome little uh, emoji of the, the salt mountain. Right. For Alex. That's, that's hence the salt because we're always throwing salt at them. They roll dice and we throw salt. I, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Any way you slice it, I like it. <laughs> slice that toast. So yeah, that's that's where it came from because I, I I knew we'd get asked this eventually. So I I, I talked with with Richter <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I think at this point. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty recent that we brought that that you brought that up. Mm-hmm. I knew we did. I knew we'd get asked. <laughs> you had to have a serious sit down conversation for it. It's like all right. We, we really need to pan it's this nice out. I don't think any of this is serious. 
Well, it's nice that you think we had this detailed conversation to sort of salt out the salt out, salt out the meaning of the dice and uh, straighten it out. Still said salt. I know. I, 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 I was oh. slapping myself for breaking it and not just rolling with it in the first place. Why so salty? <laughs> See, now I just need audio clips of Tom doing Arginus's voice for different things so that I can just... It's too bad that you can't do like little audio gifts in Discord. <laughs> Because I would, I would totally pay Tom to record some things. I oh god, <laughs> I'll do, I'll do, I'll do personalized. Um, what was it? Uh, personalized um, phone uh, answering <laughs> <Yes>. machines. <laughs> just, just like well, well hello there. <laughs> uh, this is Lady of Toast's phone. Uh, she's currently not here right now. <laughs> Please leave a message after the. <laughs> We call that a sandwich. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be. Oh, 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 what? that's brilliant. We need to know what the characters take on sandwiches are just for stupidity reasons. Oh, my God. Oh. What the hell? Yeah, see, all I am is, is, is just chatter in the background, and the really great ideas come from, you know, toast. All right, well. Mine is chaotic good, but if you're asking about our genuses, absolutely our genuses, we don't care about yours, uh, Tom. We're we're invested in the characters, that, that's buddy. That's totally fair. Well, uh, <laughs> if you're if you have to ask, uh, <laughs> then maybe you're not properly informed. Um, anything that has uh, anything in between, and as long as there's uh, two pieces of the same thing on the outside. <laughs> then uh, that's a sandwich good good to know okay i think we're good <laughs> we can do like an outro for you tom if you'd like i honestly i i think that there needs to be a patreon like just for a single dollar like oh once a week i'll answer whatever question that anybody has <laughs> in a arginus voice oh man that that's pretty that's brilliant good. and i, I want to know since you're a patreon tom how come you haven't joined elksy for everyone how come I haven't joined Elksy for everyone? Yeah, for one dollar a month, one extra dollar a month, you can be part of Elksy for everyone. What is that? <laughs> what is, what is? What do you mean? What's what, that? What even is that? Elksy for everyone. What is what? What does that, that? Don't you know that that was that was formerly you know Yando's Fondos? Come on. Oh. And so okay, you know, he's I, dead, I and and I needed someone else to you know be attached to so it's elksy okay all but right, you know right. you're putting money in on the patreon so you should put that extra dollar in so that you too can have the elksy for everyone tag i mean you're not going <laughs> to get you know bumped out of your you players too. you know but at least when yeah, you still be in the players category yeah but when people <laughs> click on your little thing you know and it's members your role you'll have players and elksy for everyone we should have a dice and salt roll <laughs> Oof. oh my god yes <laughs> i am all for that anyway um, if you guys would, you guys, you guys should take like questions from the audience. We could, uh, so like, you know, have a, like, just have people write into the show and be like, Oh, this person asked this question. That's, That's an, an excellent idea. I mean, thought. we've been paying attention to the discord, but we could absolutely do like a segment, uh, kind of like, you know, we do our normal show, talk about the episode and then we could do uh almost like an interview, except we could take questions and talk about questions and ideas that are specifically, uh, you know, asked or thoughts that are suggested. I think that's an excellent suggestion. Thank you. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. 
I uh, I guess that's everything we've got for you this time, Tom. Thanks for coming by. Yo, thanks for having me. Seriously, that was a that was yeah, a great it was time. a blast. I guess we'll uh, we'll talk to you next time. We definitely need to have you back on, and we definitely want to have you uh, if you're willing to record our genus quotes. <laughs> I, I will certainly take you up on that anytime. And that does it for us this week. Thanks, Tom, for coming out. You can find us and Tom and the rest of the players on the Inspired Incompetence Discord. Links can be found at inspiredincompetence.com. I'm Lady Toast. And I'm Lord Richter. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, Tears of a Clown. There we go. There we go. Now I got to find lyrics for oh, Tears of a Clown. <laughs> what? What? Well, you said I'm not going to sit if, here and have Tom do do by voices. The, by the end of this, it's going to like turn into like Smash Mouth. Somebody once told me that the world was going to roll me. That's outstanding. That is just that's just awesome. <laughs> you know, you totally you totally should get the answer or whatever you're going to do, and then we'll bleep that one too. <laughs> I can't just keep bleeping everything. It's not going to be a, a staple of our... <laughs> well, you know, this is the Alex gets his bleeps episode. I mean, you know, what the heck? <laughs> I can just start bleeping random things. But that doesn't make for very good podcasting.